What is going on, Statesman viewers? Welcome back to the Statesman Sports Spotlight, and thank you for tuning in. Today, I've brought you a fun one. He's more talkative than people give him credit for, and he's got his team at the top of the CAA table right now. Head coach Ryan Anatol of the Stony Brook men's soccer team. Coach, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you for coming on. So first, let's take a moment to get to know you before we talk about what's hot right now. For whatever reason, I can't really find anything on you before you came to America, but I know you're from Trinidad. So talk to me about your upbringing and how you got into soccer down there. Yeah, uh, like you said, I grew up in Trinidad. Um, my family, my mom was from from England. Uh, my dad was from Trinidad. My dad went to university in England, and that's how they met. Um, so, you know, big, big soccer family. You know, I had an older brother uh, who played who played as well. So um, just, you know, growing up, like I said, English mom in the Caribbean, um, you know, it was just, just natural to play play soccer growing up. Um, number one sport down there. So, you know, I started playing at a, at a young age, um, you know, played club soccer, played for the high school um, down there, which is the big league, uh, high school soccer. And, and, you know, that's when, um, you know, the first, you know, opportunity of, of college soccer came about. Right? People were talking about playing in college and, and, and coaches were coming over, um, you know, to recruit. Uh, and my brother actually... Uh, got an opportunity to come over before me. Uh, he went to the University of South Carolina and, and played soccer there. And, and then when it was my time, I, I was playing with the youth national team. I was with the under-20 national team, and some coaches had come down to recruit. Um, and, and, and that's when I got my opportunity to go to the University of South Florida um, and, and had a you know great career there. Um, at the time, you know, it was a top 25 program and a team that was competing um you know in the NCAAs with the goal of, of trying to win a national championship so I really enjoyed my career and and, and my experience playing there and you know and the opportunity to, to get an education you know and, and and professional soccer was was still fairly young and and there were very few opportunities in in the United States at that time uh, when I was graduating so you know I kind of bounce the idea around about, you know, trying to uh, try out with a few teams and, and pursue, you know, the, the professional avenue. Uh, I was an uh, international student on a student visa at the time, which made things a little bit more challenging. Right. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I liked coaching, right? Uh, I enjoyed coaching and, you know, I, I had an opportunity at that point to get into coaching and, and I got a graduate assistantship. Uh, and that's what kind of started my career uh, in the coaching, coaching world. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. So that was a lot. So, so like you said, you had a great career at USF, played there for four years from 97 to 2000, uh, won back-to-back -back Conference USA championships your first two years. The second year, 98, you guys reached the Elite Eight of the national tournament, and you were a team co-captain by the end of your career there, which I guess was really the start of your coaching career, uh, so to speak. So, um, I mean, do you think that that team captainship sort of, uh, sort of, jump-started your your head coaching career like was that really the moment where you realized I like leading I I, I like I like doing this yeah it had kind of always been a part of me um you know I was a captain uh, on most of the teams that I played on throughout the course of my career right uh, youth soccer or high school soccer I was 
I was the team captain. And then, um, you know, to get that responsibility, you know, in college, uh, again, I think coaches saw certain qualities in me that I think, you know, probably transcend into the coaching pr profession. Um, but yeah, I, I always liked being a part of a team. I always liked, um, you know, helping um, guys around me and, and working towards uh, a common goal uh, and pushing guys along. I always, you know, got along well with my teammates, um, you know, regardless of, you know, their backgrounds or where they came from. And that was always something that I, that I enjoyed doing. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, that was a part of it, even, you know, as, as a, as a player, you know, and watching the game, uh, I remember I would always kind of look at coaches. I was always interested in, in, in coaching, um, you know, and the impact that coaches had. Um, and then I also was very fortunate that I had some really, really good coaches uh, throughout my time, right? Uh, when I look back at, at my playing career and my early coaching career and, you know, some of the coaches that I had a chance to be around and, and, and play for and work for, uh, I think those guys had a huge impact in, in my life and in my development and the person that I've become. Um, and, and for me, you know, it's, it's something that I, you know, I, I decided I want to, I want to do, I want to have an impact in, in people's lives. And there's very few professions where I think you can have uh, an impact in, in young people, people's lives uh, and coaching is definitely one of them. So I think all of those things kind of, you know, were a part, part of me and what kind of pushed me to, towards being a coach. Hey, awesome. So, you know, right after you graduated, um, well, not right after you graduated, but right after you finished your playing career, you stayed uh, with USF as a volunteer coach for the 2001 season. Then after that, you went and got a job for a year as an assistant coach at, I think it was called Lakeland College. But I want to ask you about your next gig, which was a two-year stint as assistant coach at Akron. So 2003, 2004, you were on the coaching staff there and you guys went to the national tournament in both years. Um, so, you know, it was the, it was your first time away from USF and you were still winning. You were still getting your team to championships. Uh, did that bring you like a sense of validation as a coach? Like, Hey, it's not just the USF's system. I bring winning with me wherever I go. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned, you know, I was, I was fortunate, you know, I, I spent a year with South Florida as a, as a volunteer um and and you know i got a taste of coaching uh i was interested in it but that year really showed me that that was something that i wanted to do um you know and and after i graduated i started looking for positions like i mentioned before i was an international student on a student visa so it, it limited my options uh a little bit you know but i got an opportunity to go to lakeland college in sheboygan wisconsin uh be a ga there uh, it was a small division three school so very different than what I was accustomed to at, at South Florida. Um, but that was a fantastic opportunity for me where I got, you know, a, a chance to do a lot of coaching, right. But not just coaching. I was involved in every facet of the program, right. From writing the stories for the website to, you know, doing the equipment to recruiting, to coaching, to, you know, organizing the meals and booking transportation and you know at the d3 level you just had to do everything right uh, but that you know I, I really enjoyed that uh, but i think it it, it, it helped me right I, I jumped in at the deep end uh, and it and it gave me a lot of experience um, and we had a lot of a lot of success there uh, we had had one of the, the most successful years uh, that the program had had 
Um, and yeah, you know, I felt as though I was a big, big part of that. Um, after the year there, you know, Ken Lola at the University of Akron reached out. Um, he had had a really good relationship with my head coach at South Florida, John Hackworth, you know, and he reached out and, and offered me the position at, at Akron. Um, originally, it was a, a GA position. Uh, again, so uh, again, good opportunity for me to get in there and uh, and Akron was, you know, getting back to the Division One level, but not just to the Division One. It was a very successful program. Um, and Ken Lola, uh, one of the most successful uh, college coaches, right? He, he had experience with the U.S. youth national teams, a lot of success um, at, at Akron. So, you know, it was definitely a great two years for me to work with some top players, um, you know, work around some some great coaches. Ken Lola and, and Mario Sanchez was the assistant, and he's on uh, gone on to have a, have a lot of success. Um, so it was great where, you know, I, I got to work with the team. Um, I got to, you know, bring my personality and bring my experiences to, to the team. But for me, it was definitely a, a, a great learning experience. Every day that I went into the office or I went onto the field, uh, I felt that I was... Um, you know, learning and learning from some of the the, the best in the country, um, and like you said, we had we had success. We went to the NCAA tournament, right? We had a really um, you know big game against uh, Maryland, which which I remember, which at the time you know they were one of the, the storied programs in in college soccer. Yeah, uh, you know, and we 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 we, we took them uh, all the way to the to the end of the game. Um, you know, so some really really uh, like I said, good experiences. Uh, the plan was to stay on there. Um, they were actually turning the position into a, a full-time position. Um, so, you know, I was I was planning to stay there. And um, and then, you know, during the same time, uh, I got a call from from the head coach at South Florida, who, right. who was not my coach when I played there. Um, you know, a new coach had, had come in. My coach went on to work with the, the youth national team. Um, so George Kiefer was the new coach. And we had met on the on the recruiting trails, uh, and he reached out to me, and it was a it was a tough decision at the time, but you know it felt like going home to me. It was where I was from, and you know where I played, um, where I went to school. Right. Um, I had just gotten in, engaged, and uh, to you know my wife now Natalie, and, and she went to South Florida, and that's where we met, and um, and you know I just saw that as a great opportunity to to go back, um, you know, and have a big impact in, in my alma mater. Yeah, yeah, which you did, right? You wound up staying in your second stint with USF for six years um, as an assistant coach. They went to five national tournaments with you and, uh, you know, 10 years to the date of when you were a player and led them to the Elite Eight. In 2008, you guys went back to the Elite Eight. So uh, just how integral was that second stint with USF and setting you up for your coaching gig here? Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. You know, again, I, I kind of talk about Akron, you know, I felt like when I went to Akron, you know, I was, I was the second assistant. I was, I was young. Uh, I felt like, you know, I, I, I was having an impact, but for me, it was, you know, a really, really great, um, you know, learning tool, right? I was learning every day on the job and uh, trying to, to, to take as much from the experience as possible. When I went to South Florida, um, you know, I was a top assistant, right? Uh, and I went there and I felt like, 
you know, I was uh, I was given a lot of responsibility, um, which which was fantastic for me. Right. Uh, it was another step in my career. And I, I felt like, you know, I was able to kind of stamp, you know, my you know what I wanted to do in, on, on the program. So from a recruiting standpoint, you know, from a coaching standpoint, how we were going to play, you know, all, all facets of the program. I felt like I came into South Florida and um, and really was able to, you know, kind of do things the way that I wanted to do. Obviously, I was working for a head coach, but that that part of it was was really, really good for me because, you know, my head coach allowed me uh, to have an impact uh, and to, 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 to have a lot of responsibilities. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of programs around the country where maybe the assistant coaches don't have as much of a, a role on, uh, on impact. So right. it was great for me to see, you know, uh, how things worked, but get those those experiences as well. Um, like you said, we had we had a lot of success. The goal was always to try to, you know, make a final four and, and win a national championship. And, you know, it was a it was a department that. Um, had grown tremendously, went into the Big East. Uh, you know, we went on to win the, the Big East regular season and tournament while we were there. And uh, like you say, making making Elite Eight. Um, so it was, uh, again, another step in the, in the journey. And it was a fantastic uh, experience and opportunity for me. And, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a head coach. And uh, I had some opportunities that came about um, while I was out to, at, at South Florida. Um, you know, and, and, and then Stony Brook became one of those. And when I looked into the university and I came on campus and, you know, with everything that I was looking for, um, you know, when I was looking at, at head coaching jobs, you know, Stony Brook checked all those boxes. But again, those experiences, you know, allowed me to, to, to get to this point, but not just to get here. When I, when I got to, to Stony Brook, I definitely felt like I was prepared for the job. I felt comfortable. Uh, and a lot of that was because of the the time that I, I spent at South Florida. Sure. So, you know, you were hired a little while ago now, right? Uh, in fact, it was Jim Fiore who hired you, not Sean Hilbrin. Uh, hired in uh, twenty eleven, I believe that was your first year. So, so what was it that um, Jim Fiore had said to you that convinced you to come here? You know, that 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 really pitched Stony Brook into believing and into making you believe that it was the right place for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a lot of things, right? Um, you know, like I always tell recruits, you know, the first thing you do when you, you're looking at a school is you start to do your own research, right? So, you, you know, I went online, I started looking up the university, um, you know, doing my, my own research. Uh, and the first piece that stood out was, you know, the academic reputation of the university, right? How strong of a university it, it, it was, right? And you know, in, in the recruiting process, you know, one of the things that you was talking about is the, the strength of the of the university academically. That's what kids are looking for. Right. That's why they come to college. Um, so the fact that, you know, Stony Brook was a, a top 50 research institution, you know, very strong academics. You know, that was the first thing that really kind of piqued my interest. Right. Um, you know, again, at South Florida. That had been the goal of the the university to be a top fifty research institution, and, and then, like I said, Stony Brook was that. Um, so that that was the first piece, and then, you know, I I came on campus and I, I did a, a visit here and a tour here and went around and and looked at the the university and the facilities and and the location and you know and, and again that excited me. Um, you know, I, I like the traditional style campus. You know, it's a fairly large uh, university. You know, located Long Island, New York, a fantastic 
location. You know, so, you know, from that standpoint, uh, again, check check those boxes. Um, and then, like you said, I, I sat down with Jim Fiore. We, we had, you know, a few conversations uh, about, you know, his vision and, 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 and not just his vision, but the vision of the university, the vision of the president, where, where they wanted to take athletics, right? Um, and that's, that's really what did it for me. You know, it was a really exciting time. You know, we were putting a lot into athletics, right? When you looked at the, the facilities and the funding and, um, you know, where we were uh, trying to take the university to while it would build in the reputation of the university through athletics, Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was exciting to be a part of that. Right. I kind of I always reference it to to my time at, at South Florida as a student athlete. When I first went to South Florida, I remember traveling around the country and people not really knowing uh, what USF was. They would ask if it was San Francisco and you know, <laughs> Florida, if it was in Miami and, and nobody really know knew right what the school was. Right. Uh, and that was in the late 90s. Right. I went back as an assistant coach in, in, in 2005. Um, and, you know, in that time they went into the big East, uh, one of the years, you know, they were number two in football and we would travel around the country now as, as, as a, as a, you know, as a soccer team. And not only would people know what USF stood for, but they knew what the mascot was, they knew where it was. Right. So I got to see, you know, what an athletic department could do for a university. Right. And I, and I felt very similarly about Stony Brook when I when I, you know, when I first came on that visit. Right. A young university, very strong uh, academic reputation. Right. In a fantastic area, uh, but a school that wanted to 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 build a brand of the university across the country and uh, across the world. Uh, and in the United States, a, a big way that you build a brand of university is, is through athletics, right? So it was exciting to be a part of that, uh, to be a part of that vision. Um, you know, there's a lot of universities where you can, you know, you can go to universities that have a lot of history, um, you know, but it was exciting to go to somewhere where, you know, we could help build it, right, uh, and create that history. Uh, and that's what I saw about Stony Brook. And, and, you know, that's what everybody, everybody's vision was at the time. And, um, you know, ultimately, that's, that's why I accepted the job. And, um, and then, you know, you look at the successes that we had uh, as a department, you know, in, in my time here, and, and especially, you know, in those early years when, you know, baseball went to the College World Series, right? right. And, you know, how exciting it was for those you know, a couple of weeks on campus with all the media attention and, you know, we were number one search thing on Twitter and number yeah. one search thing on Google. And right. You know, uh, again, I felt that athletics could have that impact, but we saw very, very quickly, um, you know, what athletics could do for, for a university. Right. Um, and we continue to see that, right. With all of the successes that we've had, you know, March Madness and our lacrosse teams and, you know, football, the success that they've had over the years and, Again, you, you see firsthand, you know, the impact that an athletic department can have on a university. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now let's fast forward 12 years to present day. You've become the program's all-time winningest coach. And in fact, you broke that wins record on a night where your boys broke the uh, Division One record for goals in a single game. So what was that moment like for you? Yeah, it was good. Again, both of those records, um, the goals one, I, I, I just learned about for the first time. So yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> the wins yeah. record, again, was was not 
anything that was on my mind. Uh, I, I didn't didn't know about it until you know they put the graphic up at the end of the game. It's great to to have you know those successes and and you know for me, you know it gave me an opportunity to kind of look back and um, you know a, a lot of people reached out and emails and and calls and whatnot. Uh, so it gives you an opportunity to look back. Um, you know, and remember some of, you know, the teams and some of the guys um, that have come through that uh, obviously were a big part of that. Um, you know, during the season, it's it's always so busy and you're always preparing for the next game and thinking about the next opportunity that very rarely do you have a chance to uh, to look back and, and, and think about past teams and past groups. Uh, but it, it, it gave me that opportunity, you know, a, a couple nights ago to, to do that. Uh, and like I said, I've been very fortunate, you know, got a chance to work at, you know, a fantastic institution at a very young age, uh, had an opportunity to work with some very good players and some uh, and some some very good teams. Uh, it's a it's a good moment. Uh, probably my 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 favorite uh, little thing that happened in the in the last couple of days is uh, John Ramsey, who was the first coach at Stony Brook, uh, who had the record previously reached out to me. Um, you know, and that that was special. You know, I look back at, at the impact that he had uh, at Stony Brook, right, in the men's soccer program, in the department, right. He, he's still at, you know, all the major events and he, he bleeds this university. Um, so him for him to reach out and, and, and send me his, his best wishes and, um, you know, was 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 a, was a fantastic little moment. Um, but, you know, again, it, it was awesome. But. Looking forward to the to the next win and and hopefully uh, many more. Yeah, absolutely. Now uh, and and yeah, just so you know, with the the goals thing. So you guys scored thirteen in a game in nineteen ninety five. I believe ninety five may have been the first year of Division two. So the eight goals was the Division one record. Um, the previous Division one record you were here for it was when you guys beat Hartford six nil in uh, twenty eighteen. So so yeah, so that's that's the Division one record now. Um, now the ongoing storyline with this team, the twenty twenty three team, is that it's on an underdog run, right? You guys were picked to finish last in the CAA's preseason poll. Uh, which baffled and frustrated all of you. And every single day, your players walk into the locker room and they see those preseason polls taped to their locker to remind them what the coaches from around the league thought of them. Um, as of today, coach, you know, your boys have sole possession of first place in the CAA. So how have you been able to do it? Yeah, again, first, you know, I don't put a lot into preseason polls. You know, uh, again, it's it's very difficult to to predict how a team's going to do when you don't know, you know, what it looks like, what the new guys look like, right? Uh, the, the work that you've put in, uh, you know, over the entire spring uh, leading up to the, to the season. So for me personally, I never really, uh, you know, put a lot into the, the, the preseason polls. Of course, like you said, it was a little bit surprising um, in that, you know, we finished, um, you know, ahead of teams, right, last year in our first year in, in, in the league, yeah. um, you know, and, and when you look at the record, I mean, we won three games in conference play, uh, which was as many as teams that got into um, the conference tournament. The difference was some of the, you know, we, we didn't get a couple ties. Uh, so there was a, a couple points that separated teams that got in that didn't. Uh, we had beaten Hofstra, which was the top team in the league. Um, you know, we had wins against teams that got into the, to the conference tournament. So it was a little bit surprising. Um, I was more disappointed in the fact that none of our players got got recognized yeah. uh, individually. 
Um, you know, as uh, in particular, you know, Jonas, who was an all-conference player last year. So to yeah. not even um, be on the, the preseason poll or the honor roll, you know, was a little bit disappointing for me, right? right. Um, like your players get uh, get recognized. Um, but again, you know, we, we took that for what it was worth and the message like it is every year is we got to focus on ourselves and, and work hard in training and, and get better every day and make sure that when the games come that we're in the best position to, to be able to be successful. Uh, the guys took it on their own um, to put the poll up in the locker room. Again, we try to leave the locker room as a, as a space for the guys. Um, and they decided to do that. And, and we said, look, if, if that's something that's going to motivate you, then then, then do that by, by no means, um, you know, is that an expectation that we have within our, within our team, within our program, right? Uh, I know we had some very talented players coming back. I was very excited about, um, you know, some of the new guys coming in. Um, so we had, we had high expectations for the group. Uh, and like you said, we've been off to, to a good start in, in league play. Um, to be on top after four games. Uh, is a fantastic place to be. I think it's a credit to the work that the guys have put in. Uh, but we know we have a lot of work ahead of us, right? We're only at the that at the halfway point, um, you know. So that we don't want to start looking too far ahead. We got to continue to look at, you know, training every day and and getting ready for the next opportunity, uh, and take it, you know, one day at a time. Yeah, absolutely. And just within that own turnaround, you know, you guys went from the worst scoring offense to now the best scoring offense in the CAA. So you guys are really 180-ing, you know, you've, you've turned this whole ship around. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I want to ask you this too, because you guys are 2-0-2 in conference play, right? You've, uh, you've beaten the defending regular season champs. You've beaten an undefeated team. You've drawn against a top 25 team in Hofstra. You've drawn against another playoff team in Northeastern. And those two draws were on the road, by the way. Um, so, you know, people would say, oh, these are upset wins. And you've played up to your competition. But by saying that, that implies that you weren't supposed to win or that you're inferior to them. So given how highly you think of, of your team, as you should, does that bother you when people label you as the underdog? Uh, you know, like I said, you can you can label us however you want to label us, right? All that matters. All that matters is where we are at the end of the season, right? Um, so uh, again, we don't we don't focus on that too much. Uh, we focus on ourselves and uh, again reaching our potential. That's what it's about, right? It's growing every day so that we we reach our potential. And it was no different, right, when we played St. Joe's uh, the other night, right? The message was the same. It's not about the opponent. Right. It's about us, you know, doing what we want to do to the best of our ability. Right. Um, and, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Right. Um, so whether, you know, it's an underdog win and, you know, again, we don't focus on that too much. Every game in the CAA is going to be difficult. Every game. Right. There's no easy games in the CAA. Right. There's a lot of parity in, in college soccer. Uh, but definitely, you know, in this league. So we know we can go into any game and win it. Right. Um, but you, we also know that that no game is going to be guaranteed. You have to fight for everything that that you get, right? So uh, again, we're, we're trying to be consistent, right? We're trying to show up every day and, and and compete and be the best version of ourselves. And you know, I believe if we can continue to do that, um, then we'll be in a good position at the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. All right, I only have two more, so we're almost there. 
You've got another tough opponent this weekend in UNC Wilmington, and they're coming to Laval this Saturday. You know, the way that your schedule is is structured, essentially the, the first five, it's only a nine-game conference season. The first five teams on your conference schedule are very good. Like, you're running the gauntlet with that. After that, you know, not to diss the other teams, they're they're all you know, competitive, good teams, but, but they, uh, the competition does drop off a bit. So, so how important is it to at least walk away with a point this weekend, knowing that the schedule sort of lightens up uh, moving forward? Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest with you, when I look at the schedule, I don't see it lightening up too much. I wish I, I wish I felt that way. <laughs> um, you know, I look at every game and, and see, um, you know, a, a very difficult challenge. Um, it's, it's actually an eight game. We only play eight games. Oh, they dropped uh, it a year. This uh, okay. this year. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing one less this year. Um, and we have one more team yeah, in, in the league and only, only six teams make the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and everybody doesn't play each other. So right. there's a lot of, a lot of challenges there. Um, you know, in, in, in making the tournament and, and getting that opportunity to, to compete for the conference title at the end of the season. So, uh, like you said, every point is is crucial, right? We're, we're in a good position right now, you know, but uh, we got a lot of work ahead of us. Um, you know, I've had a chance to look at, at UNC Wilmington, uh, and I think they're a very, very good team. Um, you know, they, they, they move the ball very well, a lot of very good attacking pieces, Right. Um, they came second in the league last year and they return a lot of players. Right. You know, so I think it's going to be a, a very, very difficult game. But it's a game, you know, we, we have at home. Uh, it's another opportunity to play in front of our home fans. Um, so it's a it's a game that we're excited about. You want to play in, in big games. Uh, and if it, this is definitely going to be uh, one of them. Uh, but like we told the guys, right, every point is crucial. Right. So, you know, we went on the road. We got a point against Northeastern. You mentioned the point that we got against Hofstra. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got you to gotta continue to, to pick points up. The goal is always to get three and it'll be no different on Saturday. Uh, both teams start off right. Zero zero. So if nothing happens, you each get a point. Um, so we want to make sure that we don't give up that point. Um, but the goal is, is to go into each game and, and try to get all three, especially at home. So. Uh, Saturday is a, a big game for us. It's key. Uh, but I think I'm going to be saying that, you know, for, for every game uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. All right, coach. So we're at the last one. So you've met Alex before. He's one of my assistant editors and he's the main beat reporter for your team. Um, and he loves Lionel Messi. Okay, he wrote a long opinions article last year about why Messi is the greatest player of all time and why it's not even close. Now, back in 2019, Stony Brook Athletics was doing an interview with you, and they asked you who you would most want to build your club around. Well, you said Cristiano Ronaldo. So I know for a fact that Alex is listening right now. I want you to tell him why he's wrong and why Ronaldo is better than Messi. Go ahead. I, I, tell, I tell you what, that was what, 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. Uh, you know, so I think I'm a little bit older and maybe a little <laughs> wiser now. Um, but to be honest, I mean, I don't think you could go wrong with, with either answer. Ronaldo, Messi, obviously two of the greatest players of, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in, in the time of, of Diego Maradona. Uh, right. So I continue to throw him 
into that mix as well. Uh, but obviously, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, uh, two fantastic players. You know, since then, Messi has gone in and, and, and won a World Cup, which for me was the one piece that he was missing, uh, you know, at, 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 in, in 2019 when I made that comment. <laughs> you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, it's been great having him in the MLS, you know, for the last few months. I was actually watching the, the Miami game last night. Uh, he was hurt, so he wasn't able to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the impact that he's had in the league and, 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 you know, what you've been able to see him do, he's definitely a fantastic player. So, you know, I won't argue against Alex. Uh, <laughs> he, actually, he obviously knows his stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, I felt like, you know, if you had one player, you know, what Ronaldo was able to do, you know, from a scoring standpoint on his own physically, you know, was his strength. Uh, but obviously Messi, Messi's fantastic and he can carry carry teams. So the the 2023 version of, of myself would would have them uh, probably on, on equal levels. If not, you know, I'd, I'd have Messi maybe a little bit, a little bit higher. Uh, don't don't give in to him. <laughs> you, you could argue with him this Saturday. He'll be there covering the uh, the Wilmington game. But uh, that's all I've got time for, Coach. So thank you very much. You were awesome. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next. Uh, good luck on Saturday. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Of course. Thank you.